0: Visit carp.ca.
2: Good afternoon. Welcome to the first Zoomer Weekend Review of 2018, All Things Zoomer Worldwide. I'm Bob Komsik in for Libby Zneimer. Do you plan to downsize and sell your place this year? A real estate specialist drops by with some tips on the current housing and condo markets. And it's Alzheimer's Awareness Month, and we caught up with a Toronto memory and aging expert to learn about the latest research into Alzheimer's and dementia. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. An update on a story you've heard here before. There are renewed calls for Canadian provinces to cover the cost of a new shingles vaccine. Shingrix was approved by Health Canada last year to treat the brutally painful illness. And the manufacturer says it should be available later this month. Now the advocacy group CARP is renewing its demand that Shingrix be paid for by provincial health plans. The vaccine costs about $244 plus pharmacy dispensing fees. 130,000 Canadians get shingles every year, and CARP argues the impact can be devastating both physically and financially. It's the time of year when older adults slip and fall more in the snow and ice, but Dutch researchers say they've stumbled onto an idea to help reduce falls. People aged 65 to 94 can attend a special gym class in the Netherlands and are taught how to fall correctly and not to fall by navigating a treacherous obstacle course with slopes and ramps. The physiotherapist who leads the course says it's not a bad thing to be afraid of falling, but it puts you at a higher risk of falling. The Dutch, like the rest of us, are living longer and often alone, and these courses are gaining in popularity. Across the Netherlands in 2016, there was a 38 percent increase in the number of deaths from falls in those 65 and older compared with two years earlier. Your parents were right. There's mounting evidence that eating your veggies is not only good for your physical health, but a new study confirms consuming leafy greens may slow mental decline. Researchers at Chicago's Rush University found those who ate one or two servings of lettuce, spinach, kale, and other green veggies scored better on cognitive tests than those who ate little or none, scoring the same as someone 11 years younger. The results are published in Neurology. A group of seniors out in California are riding their fitness goals into the new year. Residents living at the terraces in Fresno are using virtual reality to keep fit with CyberCycle, a computer program aimed at improving seniors' overall wellness, and residents are strapping into this new cycling craze. The bike features a virtual screen that takes the rider through 40 different routes in the city and countryside. 93-year-old Charlotte Mashke loves it.
1: You
0: ride through a tree, and you ride over a bridge, and you go down and up.
1: So it's really more fun.
2: According to a study published in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine, combining physical exercise with computer-simulated environments yields better cognitive benefits for older adults than traditional exercise alone. I'm Bob Consick, and those are your headlines from around the world. A staggering half-million Canadians are currently living with dementia, and that number is expected to soar with our aging population. But there are some encouraging new treatments, including cutting-edge non-drug therapies being discovered by experts, like Toronto's own Dr. Morris Friedman, head of neurology at Baycrest. January is Alzheimer's Awareness Month to shed light on the disease and challenge public perception of what it means to live with dementia.
3: According to the Alzheimer's Society of Canada website, 564,000 Canadians are currently living with dementia.
2: How rapidly is this on the rise?
3: It is steadily on the rise, especially with the increase in the aging population, age is the greatest risk factor for Alzheimer's disease, and it's projected that by the year 2031, there will be 937,000 people with dementia in Canada.
2: Let's take a look at some of the research, some of the work that you're doing in this area to try to find some some answers, some clues, as far as how this can be dealt with.
3: Well, perhaps some of the most uh, interesting work um, comes out of the research that's related to non-drug approaches, non-pharmacological approaches. And a good example is the work um, that's uh, done with, uh, that was done with Dr. Ellen Bialostock and Dr. Fergus Craig um, and myself on bilingualism. And the idea there, and we have data to show this, is that speaking uh, more than one language can delay the onset of Alzheimer's disease by up to five years. How so? Is, uh, well, the exact mechanism is not entirely clear, but one way that the, of looking at this is that if you speak two languages, What a person has to do is, if they're they're fluent in in, in more than one language, they have to suppress the languages that they're not speaking while they're using the language that they are using to communicate with. And in order to do this, the brain is actually having to work. It's a type of mental exercise where the uh, frontal lobes of the brain have to suppress the non-used language. Uh, A person has to be aware of the surroundings, who they're talking to, what language uh, they're speaking. If they're speaking to somebody who speaks the other language, they may shift languages. So basically, it's mental exercise when you speak two languages.
2: What about those who aren't, though? They might feel, oh my God, now the pressure to, to try to pick up a language.
3: First of all, the research that we did was... Uh, looking at the acquisition of the second language no later than young adulthood. But to your point, um, there are other ways of doing mental exercise, and it may be that other forms are just as good, possibly better. I think that keeping mentally active, keeping the mind active, is a type of sort of quotes, mental exercise that may help. And I think that the best approach is to choose something that uh, keeps the mind occupied, that basically uh, involves some mental work, so that um, the brain is actually working. um, The term exercise doesn't really apply in the same way as physical exercise, but uh, really uh, keeping the mind active and whatever works for someone to do that is what I would suggest.
2: What do you see on the horizon as far as what might look promising in terms of tackling dementia, Alzheimer's?
3: Well, as I say, I think that there's an increasing focus on non-drug approaches, uh, exercise, uh, keeping mentally active, uh, diet. Uh, In addition, there's a lot of research on uh, different types of drugs that might help treat the condition as well. Okay. Dr. Friedman, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you.
2: That was Dr. Morris Friedman, head of neurology at Toronto's Baycrest Hospital. I'm Bob Komsic, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, Are you thinking of downsizing in 2018? You'll want to hear what our real estate expert has to say.
0: You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca.
2: Housing prices in the GTA continue to climb, but sales are way down, according to the latest Toronto Real Estate Board report. Are you thinking about downsizing or moving this year? Before you jump in, real estate expert Rick Peckman offers his insight.
4: If we can hang on a little longer, obviously home values will continue to go up as the historical market that we're working off of the last 40 years usually shows a 4 or 5% increase each year. We're all kind of a bit shocked uh, because we had that little downturn in the last six months and the market has flattened out a little bit uh, due to some government intervention and some other mortgage rules coming into place. And uh, I think that's just going to be a little blip in the radar because we've got such a, a vibrant area the Toronto and GTA market that a lot of people want to move in here from all over the world, not just investors, but people wanting to make a real life in Toronto and the GTA area. And I think that'll continue to put pressure on the on the housing market. And we've seen, you know, quite a bit of pressure on the condo market the last six months. So even though the news may sound gloomy and doomy the condo market is actually quite vibrant. So those Zoomers that have condos, they'll continue to be making equity. Those looking to buy condos, sadly, it's going to cost a little bit more than we expect. In general, if you've got plans to make a move in the future, whether it's a year or two years down the road, I think we're still in a great position. We all traditionally have that little blip in the market in the spring where what traditionally happened, the reason why we had the spring blip is because, you know, people wanted to look for homes in the spring. They wanted to move in the summer to get ready for their children to go to school in September or October into a new market. And that will continue to have more buyers on the market, so we will get an increased flurry. But because of some of these rules that were put in place last year and these new mortgage rules that have come into place January 1st with some stress tests, I think it'll just kind of even out the market a little bit, a little, a little bit more balanced, which to me is actually a better market for all. Uh, it's better for our agents because it's not as stressful, and it's better for the clients because they have a little bit more negotiating power when they do go to buy. The last three or four months have been very stressful for a lot of consumers, for sure. And that were kind of caught in the spinning wheel of what happened as the market took a downturn. But we could see the last couple of months, uh, October, November, definitely the market's picked back up a bit, whereas buyers are starting to get a little more confident again, and they're getting back into the market.
2: So you foresee yep. then 2018 being more like pre- 2017. In That's other
4: right, words. exactly. I think it'd be more like, say, 2015 to 2016, a good market. You'll still have maybe the odd multiple offer situation if a home is very unique and it's, uh, you know, in, in a, in a high-demand area. So we may still get some of that, but not crazy 127 offers on a home. And, and at the same time, the condo markets, we're still seeing a little bit of uh, multiple offers happening, right, where two or three offers are coming in on the condos, just because the affordability, you know, when the homes are reaching the million, Dollar mark. A lot of people can't afford it, so they're popping into the condo, which is, you know, a little bit of a you know, compromise, but at least they can still get a nice home and it's going to be around the half a million dollar mark compared to a million dollar mark. In Toronto, we actually have had a an increase year over year, actually from November of last year, November of 2017, 16% increase in condos. And at the same time, we had a 6% decrease in home sale, detached homes. So the Zoomers that have larger homes that were thinking of downsizing, you know, the last two or three months, little was stressful because they didn't get as much, money for their homes as they thought they might have. And when they had to go buy a condo, they had to pay a little bit more. So kind of the net gain was a little bit less Um, But for most of us that are in the Zoomer category, it is a gain because, you know, we've bought our homes, whether it's 10 or 20 years ago, and we've appreciated quite a bit on our homes. And now it's just making a decision of where the next transition is. And there are many options. So Let's look at one or two. Yeah, I'd say one of the the main things that people are doing is they're kind of saying, you know what, my three or four bedroom large home with higher taxes uh, and empty because the children have left. I'd like to sell it, but where do I go? So the options are: you could rent, which has been a little bit trickier because the rent prices have gone up in terms of the monthly rents. You could actually go into a condo. You could go into a retirement home or assisted living, which is getting very expensive these days. Or you could move out to market. Um, maybe you have a, a daughter or son that lives in, you know, a community like Collingwood or Coburg, and you want to move closer to them. And those. Those prices of homes in that area are quite substantially less. Lindsay's, you know, averaging $316,000. Colbert Port Hope area, 380000 If somebody wanted to move out of province to New Brunswick, 159000 So, you know, they, they can take the equity out of their home, move closer to a loved one, and um, maybe, you know, enjoy that extra money for trips or to help a loved one.
0: Okay.
2: Rick, okay. perfect. Thanks so thanks, much. Thanks, Bob. That was Rick Peckman of Royal LePage Realty. I'm Bob Komsic, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, we'll celebrate the birthday of rock and roll Hall of Fame musician
0: Stephen Stills. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer
2: Worldwide. I'm Bob Komsik in for Libby's Nimer. It's time for your international arts date book. Tips for those of you jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown.
1: In St. Leonard's-on-Sea, England, the Lucy Bell Gallery is presenting an exhibition of rare and unseen images of the Fab Four. Hey, June. The exhibition includes images of the Beatles that span from 1963 to 1970 from the Getty Images archives. 2018 is kicked off in Edinburgh with an exhibition of the outstanding watercolor collection of JMW Turner at the National Galleries of Scotland. In Melbourne, the Australian Centre for the Moving Image is celebrating 40 years of Wallace and Gromit and Friends, the Oscar-winning British animation comedy series created by Aardman Animations. And in New York City, 10 newly discovered Jewish documents from Lithuania have gone on display at the YIVO Institute for Jewish Research, which is working to archive the entire 170,000-page collection. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook.
2: Rocker Steven still celebrated his 73rd birthday this week, born January 3, 1945. The singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist is best known for his roles in Buffalo Springfield and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. He wrote and sang one of the most iconic songs of the 60s, inspired by events that took place on the L.A. Sunset Strip when strict curfews were imposed to reduce crowds, loitering and traffic congestion from young people leaving nightclubs. Hippies and rock and roll fans considered this a violation of their civil rights and planned a massive demonstration, The crowd included celebrities like Jack Nicholson and Peter Fonda, who was famously handcuffed by police following that demonstration. The clash between protesters and police inspired Stephen Stills to write a song. Here's Buffalo Springfield with For What It's Worth. That was Buffalo Springfield with For What It's Worth, written by Stephen Stills, who celebrated his 73rd birthday earlier this week. And that brings us to the end of the first edition of the Zoomer Week in Review for 2018. I'm Bob Komsik in for Libby's Nimer, and thanks for joining me. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date
0: with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, produced by MZ Media Limited.